0: Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gudak, and I'm blessed to be here again to just pour into you guys and to share the stories of some of our local youth um, and what's been going on in their lives. Um, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to all of our sponsors out there that have been riding with us and giving us the ability to do what we're doing in the community and just you guys who are listening, just thank you so much for all that you have done because you know, without continual listeners, we wouldn't be able to keep putting out this kind of material for you guys to, to learn and glean from. And so today we have the, the blessing and the privilege to be talking to one of our longtime mentees, um, Anthony Rios. Um, he's been here with us for a while and it's like he's got an amazing story and I can't wait to dive in and share it with you guys. So um, Anthony, thank you for coming today
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem, man. So, I mean, how long have you been a part of Justice for Youth?
1: i say for, like, about a year and a half or two.
0: A year and a half or two. And you've known me for about a year then, right? Yes. Yeah, and so we've been just chopping it up, hanging out, um, going to Laker games, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who's your favorite player with the Lakers right now?
1: Right now, i got to be Kuzma, man.
0: Kyle Kuzma, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, because I know you so well, um, you have just an amazing story. And we just want to focus on the fatherlessness um, of your story. And so um, just for those who don't know, you just kind of share your story, like how did you grow up? When did you realize that you were considered to be fatherless? And what did that mean to you?
1: Um, The first time I found out that I didn't have a father was when I started going to elementary. And wait, I think I was in kinder. Yeah, I was in kinder. And I would always call my grandpa dad like i Mm call him papa in spanish and um people would tell me why you calling that guy your dad he's not your dad he's old you know what i'm saying yeah and i would just be like well yeah he's my dad and they're like no we're talking about your real dad where's he at and i was like i was like wow then i don't know
0: yeah and so so who did you you lived with your grandpa then and who else
1: well, when I first crossed the border over here from Michoacan, it was just me and my grandma mm-hmm. and my grandpa. My mom was still over
0: there. Okay, and w- did you ever realize that your did your mom ever come over from Michoacan to the United States as well, or
1: yeah, she came like a week or two later.
0: Okay, and so it was the, at what age did you come over? Do you know? Do you uh, remember?
1: Uh, I was young enough to know what was going on.
0: Okay. Wow, that's crazy, and so, so when you you were told like, man, that's not your dad, how what did that make you feel? Like, did it did it hit you a certain way? Like, no, like, no, he's my dad. Did you try to argue with the kids, like, beat them up? Like, no, man, don't tell me who my dad is. No, nah, I was just
1: like, wow, like, well, I didn't really understand what was going on because I
0: was mm-hmm. like, dad, yeah, you no, know? this this is my dad. This is who I this is what I know as a dad. Yes. Okay. That's crazy. Um, and so have you ever met your dad to this point in time in your life? Uh, I never got a note, never heard his voice, don't know who he is, mm-hmm. never seen a picture or nothing. Okay. Have you ever asked your mom about that or anything? Were you ever curious as what what's going on about that? I actually heard a lot of
1: stories from him, but nothing in particular.
0: Yeah. And so do you ever have the interest to, like, go out and find him one day, or is that not really on your mind? I did
1: once when I was young, but at this point, it's just like, well, it's whatever, you know? Okay. Things happen.
0: Mm -hmm. And then just not knowing your father, has that led you to live a certain life, think a certain way, like, you know, being challenged in the fact, like, you know, what does it mean to be a man?
1: Well, yeah, because he's supposed to be like the man in the house, you Mm -hmm. know, and he wasn't there, so my mom had to be on welfare and all that. Trying to do everything on her own. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel because I was also the eldest from my brother. Right now he's like 10, my little sister, but she had the heart transplant. She is about to be 15. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was the eldest, so I had to be the man in the house. Mm-hmm. So I had to really go out there and hustle, make money in ways that I didn't have to, you know? Yeah. But I had to follow that route. In order to put um, money in my mom's purse without her knowing.
0: Okay. At what age did you start doing
1: that? Mm, i say when I was nine.
0: Nine years old. How would you be going around trying to make some money?
1: Well, I actually met somebody. Mm -hmm. And he just came to me because, like, I seen people in school that would have, like, nice shoes, nice clothes. Yeah. They telling me, oh, yeah, we went to, like. I don't know, Dixon Land, we went out here to this. And I would just be like, damn, like, I wonder how that feels, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even get a good pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, the most expensive shoe when I was young I had was a $10 shoe. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, that, like, made me hustle. Like, they would tell me, go take this package to a certain place, we'll give you this amount. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, I started seeing easy money, easy money. Yeah. You know what? Uh, my mom, she didn't even know, put money right there. My grandpa didn't know, put money in his wallet.
0: Okay. That's, I mean, wow. I mean, when I was nine years old, so that was, like what, fourth grade, fifth grade for you? Yeah, around there. Yeah, like, fourth grade, man. I was playing video games on my computer or just playing basketball outside. I can never imagine, you know, trying to make some money for my family. In supporting my family, so just mad respect to you in that way. Um, and, and so you started that at nine years old. How old are you right now? And now I'm 18. 18, and, and what do you do now?
1: Right now, as a
0: job, mm hmm, as a job. And you're are you still going to school because or what? Um,
1: I just graduated mm-hmm. um, school wise. I am trying to go to school, but um, there's a lot of things I have to do because now I'm a dad, yeah, and I have to be able to bring money. Mm -hmm. But this time, I'm trying to do it the right way. Yeah. To be able to teach my daughter um, and be there for my daughter the way my dad wasn't there for me.
0: Yeah. So when you found out that your girlfriend was pregnant, how did that make you feel the first time? Because now you have, like, you're going to be a dad, but you never really had a dad in your life, like your true father. So how did that make you feel, man?
1: I was actually like, I was scared, nervous, mm-hmm. excited, and I was really happy, and then I was like, you know what, I got this. Yeah. Because um, I was like, well, my dad wasn't there, maybe I could do better than him. Mm-hmm. I could prove my mom that, you know what, I made a man of myself. Yeah. You know, but, I didn't need him.
0: hmm There's only one way to go up, right? Yeah. You're just going forward from there. Okay. Yeah. And so, do you mind sharing with the listeners about your baby daughter, Az- Azilia?
1: Um. Well, when she was still in her mom's womb, they said everything was going well, that mm-hmm. her heart was well. She was a really he- healthy and active baby. Um, when it was time for her to be in labor, they ended up saying they couldn't find her heart for like three minutes. Wow. So they didn't know what to do a C section or what, you know? Mm-hmm. So from then on, I was really nervous. Like, I was scared. I was like, dude, like, what's going on? And they kept pushing me back Pushing me back And When she was born She came out and They said she wasn't breathing as well Mm -hmm. That her percentage of breathing Is supposed to be on the 90s And her percentage was like on the 60s Okay So it kept going down every time And Mm. They said that we were losing her So they took her downstairs And the I think it's NICU or ICU, something like that. Yeah. I get confused with all those. <laughs> but they took her downstairs, and it was sad because the baby wasn't even able to stay in the room mm. with us because they didn't know what was going on. So they took her downstairs. The next day, they told us that there was a vein or something like that, a tube that sends blood to her lungs mm. that was really thin and it's supposed to be thick, so she wasn't receiving blood. She wasn't receiving oxygen. So she was also really pale. Mm-hmm. We went to, they sent us to Orange County. They said they couldn't do nothing about it. So right after that, they ended up sending us all the way to San Francisco. You know, mm-hmm. we had no money, we didn't know nobody. Yeah. So once we got out the plane, we had to find a way to the hospital, and it was miles away. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was pretty crazy because once we got there, the baby didn't look like our baby. Like mm-hmm. She looked really different. Her face was like really puffy. Her arms were like really swollen. She was really pale. They did the heart surgery and they told us, we just want to let you know your daughter has a 50% chance of making it. Mm-hmm. Um, when she got out, they told us everything was well we when um we were about to go up, um they told us that she had passed away yeah and oh, we when um we went up there to go see her um they just told us, well, just come in here and try to like spend some time with her, if you guys want your family to come, tell them to come, but how were they able to go if mm-hmm. like they stay all the way out here come yeah. on, so um. Likely, um, my girlfriend Jasmine's parents were able to go out there and some of her family members. And 30 minutes later, they said the baby was back. Her heart was pumping. They put her on this machine mm-hmm. that was helping the heart send blood all over her body. But they had it with their chest open. So when we would see her, we would see her with, like, everything inside. we see everything wow. inside her chest. we see her heart pumping mm-hmm. and everything and um so yeah they just said that they were gonna put stitches and yeah
0: yeah so i mean now she's how old she's four months she's four months old she's doing a lot better um and it's just amazing to see the growth of i mean you as i mean because when did you meet eric vasquez and justice for youth program
1: I was actually going to school at Village Academy, mm-hmm. and I got kicked out because they said I'd take a weapon to school, which I didn't. Yeah. So they sent me to Park West, which is like right behind Village. Village. Yeah, they're
0: neighboring schools. I mean, Park West is our continuation school in the Pomona Unified yeah. School District, right?
1: Uh, yeah, they sent me there, and I saw I was getting in trouble. I was talking back to the teachers and not even going to class, and mm-hmm. I would always ditch and all that. So my counselor, is just like, I'm going to introduce you to somebody called Eric. He run, he runs a nonprofit, Justice for Youth, and all that. And I thought it was like counseling or mm-hmm. like um, those people that just try to know about me and like just keep trying to take information out of me, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, you know what, I'm going to just give it a try. So yeah. she took me. And I met him right there.
0: Yeah. And so, um, I mean, because you've been growing ever since we've known you um, about two and a half years through Justice for Youth. And what would you say to those who are experiencing some of the difficulties of being fatherless, of not knowing what to do with their life? Um, They feel they're disenfranchised. They they don't really have a direction in their life because they don't have anyone to guide them. What would you say to them about, you know, doing a program like Justice for Youth where they can mentor, give them a healthy role model to to look after?
1: Um, Tell them, don't give up, just keep their head up, you know? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be something out there better than where you are. Yeah. And I would tell them to come to Justice for Youth because it's a good place where they mentor us, inspire us, and make sure that we always get up. Dust ourselves off And continue on with life In a better and positive way Yeah And They're always gonna be there Like With me and Eric I remember my mom kicked me out Um, I was outside in the street For like A week or two Mm -hmm. And I texted him Like at four in the morning (laughs) This dude came to pick me up And I was like Nah I'm good I'm good He was like Come on bro And then he just scooped me up Took me to his pad So like, right there, I know it's something more than just a mentor, you know? It's, like, mm-hmm. they're starting to get into, like, brotherships, family. Yeah. You know?
0: Would you look up and say, like, Eric would be, like, a, a father figure to you now? And, like, how you're trying to live to your baby and try to like, be a role model to her and be a positive father figure, like, you never had or, like, Eric is to his kids and his family? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say to... um Teen dads out there across the world, like, what what has been motivating you to push through? Because you've never had a father figure really in your life except for your grandfather, and now Eric, I mean, what would you say to them? You know, to you know push through. What, why they should be there for their their daughters or their sons' lives?
1: Um, that to always stick there for their kids, mm-hmm. if it's a boy or a girl, you know, like any any person can make a baby. Yeah. But like only a real man can always be there to be able to raise him, you mm-hmm. uh, know, teach them responsibilities that are stronger than just a woman teaching her part. Yeah, it has to be. You both made it together. You both have to like try to raise the baby without making problems out of
0: it. Yeah. Oh, man. Th- yeah, Just I'm just so blessed to see the growth. And uh, I'm just proud of you, Anthony, for all that you've done for you, for being there for your family, for your baby daughter, um, just you know being the father that you've never had for yourself. Um, I just want to thank you, everyone out there, for listening and being a part of our podcast and giving the support to us. Because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. If you have any questions that you want us to gear directly to Anthony about being a teen father, um, just shoot us an email at info at ju4y.org and so we could just reach those out to them and maybe bring them back to answer those questions for you guys i just thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy your week